We good? We good? All right. When kids are uh, as cute as these are, and uh, when you're familiar with a lot of the songs, I know it's not always the easiest to actually hear and concentrate on what the words are actually saying. Um, it's crazy because in our culture, it's not uncommon to hear a radio station playlist or, or a Spotify playlist to reel off something like, rocking around the Christmas tree, have a happy holiday, you know. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas, silent night, holy night. I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus, go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. As if the, all those songs contribute to some American narrative about what this time of year is really all about. Take a little bit of this, take a little bit of that, mash it all up. This is what this time of the year is really all about. And the real message of Silent Night and Go Tell It on the Mountain can easily get drowned out in Jingle Bells and Deck Them Halls and Santa Claus and Ho 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 and Mistletoe and Presents to Pretty Little Girls. As our favorite Lucy from Peanuts is wont to say. And might I suggest that there are real enemies, can't really see them, of the one true God who have worked tirelessly, strategically for centuries to do just that in our culture. Charles Schultz was no fool. But if you're able to cut through the cuteness of the kids and the familiarity of the songs and fight the consumeristic onslaught surrounding the Christmas season this morning, Perhaps what you heard sounded a little bit more like an announcement, like an ancient herald, a town crier. Hear ye, hear ye, listen up. This is the greatest news of all time. That's how the kids should have sounded to us. But, but these particular songs are doing more than just informing us of mere facts. News isn't the reporting of just mere facts. True news is this, that there's an event that has taken place that because it took place, the world is now different. That's news. News is not a description of what planes are made of. News is that little bulletin that comes across the TV. August 6, 1945, an American B-29 bomber drops the world's first atomic bomb on the Japanese city of Hiroshima destroying over 90% of it, killing over 80,000 on impact and tens of thousands more due to ongoing radiation. And as a result, the way the world thinks about war will never be the same. That's news. News is not the science behind how a plane flies. News is that on September 11, 2001, planes were flown into buildings in New York and DC. And as a result, the world and the way that it thinks about security would never be the same. That's news. News is the telling of an event that's happened, that as a result, a whole new set of possibilities for life have opened up. And in ancient days, that's never more true than when there was a victory over a key battle or the ascension of a new king and the establishment of his kingdom. This was news. And in many circumstances, the ancients called that news gospel. 
Now, the word gospel in our culture is a very churchy word, and it comes from an old English word called good spell, which means good message or good announcement. But that word, good spell, is actually a translation of where this word from the New Testament times comes from, euangelion, which literally means good message or good word. And our kids today were singing songs that echo the gospel or the good word that the Bible both anticipates in the Old Testament and announces in the New. It's the gospel of God's kingdom. And two of the gospel writers detailed that when this king of all creation arrives on the scene, well, you know you're a bad dude when your herald is an angel. Like a person ain't good enough. I'm gonna send an angelic figure to announce my arrival. And this is what that messenger actually says. In Luke chapter two, the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Now the angel's announcement in verse 10 presumes the story of the Bible, that you know the story of the scriptures. And if you've been reading and listening, longing for the message of the Old Testament, you would have heard verse 11 and been like, oh really? Oh, oh, the, oh now this, oh it's on now, this is good news. Now whether you know the story of the Bible or not, I want to focus your attention on the three phrases surrounding this good news in verse 10 because those phrases are going to inform us on how this news uniquely changed and is changing the world. Say these with me, fear not. Say these with me, fear not. Great joy, all the people. It says, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy for all the people. Fear not. Fear not. When a monarch rises to power, a king, a queen, president, some capacity, often what's surrounding that are, are these conflicting feelings. And oftentimes, and particularly in ancient times, there was a lot of power and might and fear that wrapped around that. There's history details, many stories uh, of when people arose to power, that's because they killed off everybody else who had a claim to the throne. You know, when you take power and you take throne that way, well, there's a little fear that might be involved in the people. And this kind of fear uh, begets more and more fear, fear of self-preservation, all this kind of secrecy that takes place, manipulation to preserve the power, to preserve the throne, to preserve myself. And if you rule nations, and if you rule companies, and if you rule homes based on this kind of fear, well, you might get people to conform, but they'll resent it. And after a while, they'll rebel at the first opportune moment, thus perpetuating the cycle over and over and over again. Might I suggest that these enemies of God, this is one of the schemes to get you so wounded that the way you deal with those wounds is to wound others. Fear can open your eyes and it can make you watch your step, but it can't make you change your heart. It won't change your heart. 
but not the arrival of this king. Fear not, the angel says. It's one of the most common commands in scripture. Fear not. It's a new way to live. It's a new way to be. It's utterly unique to this kingdom. To all the people, though, the angel says, not just to one person or a people group or this particular people, the ascension of a king normally meant power for one nation or one people group and bad news for another. And the enemies of God exploit this and have since Genesis 3, this us versus them mentality that lurks beneath the surface of every one of us. It's easily manipulatable. Hearts full of fear are not open to others. And what makes this kingdom so unique is it's utterly different than the way the world works. Charles Darwin was no fool. If he was just looking around observing this, might over matter, you know, uh, survival of the fittest, us versus them. No, when this king shows up, it's genuinely available to all the peoples. People from every tribe, every tongue, every nation are not just tolerated, but welcomed in to inform and participate and flourish and co-rule as citizens of this kingdom. There's no hint of self-preservation of one people over another. That's a different world than the one typically experienced here on earth. It's utterly unique. And lastly, it's a kingdom of great joy. It's good news of great joy, the angel says. What makes this good news so good and so unique is that it's an invitation into great joy. If you internalize the word of God, one of the most prevalent things you'll see time and time and time again is that God, more than anything else, wants joy for you. You believe that? Do you believe that God's after your joy? I'm going to say it again. Do you really believe that God's after your joy? I didn't say happiness. Joy. Not fleeting pleasures, not empty promises, but true, lasting, great joy. It was quite common for emperors and kings to ascend thrones and make all these promises about how they're going to bring peace and happiness to all the people. And it would be... Uh, surrounded with all these big ceremonies and all these people bringing their hopes and expectations. And and though there may be some external changes, put in new policies here, take over a new land there, appoint different people here, nothing really changes. Some external things change, but there's still the demonization of groups of others to gain support. They're still intimidating others in order to rule by fear. History is replete with this. That kind of leadership comes from the hearts of kings, And presidents and parents and coaches whose hearts are still ruled by fear and not by love. Fear of failure, fear of others, fear of suffering, fear of loneliness, fear of death. That kind of life sucks the joy out of every participant. But the kingdom Jesus brings is utterly unique because this king is not insecure. He's not offering joy based on fleeting circumstances. He doesn't fear failure. He doesn't fear others. He doesn't fear suffering. He doesn't fear death. He knows better. He is better. 
He's the king of life, which makes Christianity so utterly unique. He doesn't have to hang the fear of death over your head to get you to do whatever he wants. You better do this. You better do this. You better do this. That's what religion does. No, the king of life offers you something far better than that. He's offered joy, eternal joy to massage your heart so that you can move into the world as a servant and not a taker. It's different than all other kingdoms, all other philosophies, all other religions, all other worldviews. This is what makes Christianity utterly unique is that he's offering joy. How? How can God offer this? How can God offer this without just manipulating some circumstances? Well, think about this. For all eternity, the way God has existed is as a community of self-giving love, Father, Son, and Spirit. The, the Father loving the Son, the Son loving the Father, the Spirit carrying this love back and forth to one another. It's a community of self-giving love. And when everybody gives and nobody takes, guess what the result is? It's joy. Could you imagine a world where everybody gives and nobody takes? That's the life God created. That's the one he invited us into, to participate in. But our first parents, manipulated by the enemies of God, said, you know what, I'll be a taker only and not a participant in this life of joy. And that's the world that's been set forth before us. A kingdom of taking. But when Jesus arrives on the scene, the angel says, fear not. A new way to live has arrived. A kingdom of self-giving love. Matter of fact, when Jesus was standing before Pilate, right before he goes to the cross, he looks at Pilate and says, Pilate, my kingdom's not of this world. It's not that kind of kingdom, the kind that you're so accustomed to living in and exercising over the, uh, over the, the peoples. He says, it's not of this world. It's a kingdom of self-giving love. And when he went to the cross, he displayed the fullness of that kingdom. When he gave himself up for us, the scriptures say. And when he rose from the dead, he proved that not only is he the kind of lover that gives his life away, but he's the kind of God who has the power over the one thing you and I fear most, death. This is an utterly unique kingdom. And so now he says, give me your fear and I'll give you my love. Give me your weakness and I'll give you my power. Give me your pain and I'll give you my joy. Give me your insecurity and I'll give you my security. Give me your life, I'll give you my death. Give me your death and I'll give you my life. This is the gospel, the good news. Love now available to us and that if you turn from sin and take this love in, listen, he begins to turn you into the person that gives your life away for others too instead of just being a taker from others. This is the gospel of the kingdom. Your family, your neighbor, people that don't look like you, people that don't talk like you because you're no longer insecure, ruled by fear or insecurities or even the fear of death. You've got a heart now that's ruled by love. And so today I wanna make that offer to you here. Have you taken Jesus' offer into your heart? I didn't say have you showed up at church a lot over the last 30 years, 20 years, 10 years, five years. 
I didn't say, have you done a bunch of good deeds? I said, have you taken the offer of Jesus' self-giving love into your heart and received him by faith? That's the offer of the kingdom. And it's available today, perhaps for the first time for someone in here, for some in here, or for the one millionth time. So I'm gonna invite the team to come up and we're gonna sing one more, one more refrain. But when the angel showed up, he said, fear not. In many ways, we've sung a song throughout the years called Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Hark, listen, do you hear what the angel's saying? Charles Wesley was no fool. This news was so great, though, that one angel wouldn't do. Just like the solos were nice earlier, a solo won't do to capture the magnitude of this message. The text goes on to say in verse 13, Suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. That's probably how it happened, right? <laughs> no, it's probably more like, Glory in the highest. Or, or maybe like when Ty Tribbett turns to the crowd and says, Glory to God. Sing it. Glory to God. Yeah. Glory to God forever. Everybody sing it. Or maybe it's Gloria. I don't know what it sounded like, but I bet it wasn't flat. <laughs> I bet it was joyous. Because news is not discussing how God became a man to save the world. The news, the good news is the declaration of what happened and why it came. And so I want to invite you to stand up and join, to join this meditation, to join this reflection. And perhaps for someone today to join this family, this kingdom for the first time. A couple of us are going to be down front here. We invite you to come pray with us. That can happen where you're at. You can pray and ask Jesus to save you now, to bring you from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his belovedness. Or it can, you can come and talk with someone down here as well. But please join in as we sing. Let me pray for us. Father, I thank you for the gospel.